everyone. I'm Andrea Martinez. And I'm Monica Levitan. And you're listening to our brand new podcast, It Takes a Tribe. As two women of color and friends for over seven years, we have always been very open with each other and some of our other friends in talking about our own stories, our family stories, in addition to having conversations regarding Latinos, Hispanics, and other people of color and minoritized groups and politics in current events. Andrea and I have always had a love of journalism and media, stemming all the way back to middle school yearbook class. It wasn't until recently where we both attended a networking event in D.C. where Andrea asked me if I would be interested in doing a podcast with her. I had always wanted to have a radio show, and after speaking with one of the panelists from the event, I was inspired to create a podcast because of how similar it is to a radio show. So she asked me about this idea, and I said yes, and we both decided that having a podcast centered around minoritized and disadvantaged groups would be our best bet. In this podcast, we will be discussing current events surrounding disadvantaged groups, as we will be doing today, but we will also be highlighting experiences of individuals from those groups. For today's episode, we thought it would be good to start out discussing the recent mass shooting in El Paso, Texas, and other political topics surrounding Hispanics and Latin Americans. To give a quick summary, on Saturday, August 3rd, the 21-year-old white male suspect, who we will not be naming, traveled almost 10 hours or around 650 miles from Allen, Texas to El Paso, where the individual drove to a Walmart and began to cease fire, leaving 20 killed and 26 wounded. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador confirmed three Mexican nationals were among those killed in the attack. Additionally, six Mexicans were among those injured, including a 10-year-old girl. According to reporter Monica Ortez Uribe, Walmart is one of the busiest stores in the city, located in a major commercial area next door to the Cielo Vista Mall near a Sam's Club and a movie theater. The store also largely attracts Mexican nationals. As the U.S.-Mexican border and El Paso sister city, Ciudad Juarez are around a 15-minute drive. The New York Times reported that just 19 minutes before the first 911 call was made, an anti-immigrant manifesto was published on HN, an online message board commonly filled with racist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories detailing a Hispanic evasion of Texas. The four-page, 2,300-word manifesto titled The Inconvenient Truth draws direct inspiration from the mass murder of Muslims at two mosques in New Zealand in March that left 51 people dead. In that attack, the suspect published a manifesto online promoting a white supremacist theory called the Great Replacement. The theory has been promoted by a French writer named Renaud Camus and argues that elites in Europe have been working to replace white Europeans with immigrants from the Middle East and North Africa. The manifesto potentially linked to the El Paso killings begins with the statement, In general, I support the Christchurch shooter and his manifesto. This attack is a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. The post is composed of white nationalists and racist hatred toward immigrants and Hispanics, blaming immigrants and first-generation Americans for taking away jobs and the blending of cultures in the United States. El Paso Police Department Chief Greg Allen said the suspect surrendered to authorities upon being seen outside the Walmart where the shooting took place. After being taken into custody by authorities, the suspect told officials that he was targeting Mexicans and seemed to be in a state of shock and confusion and has not known any remorse to the investigators when being interrogated. According to AP News, President Trump responded to the shooting by connecting violent video games and mental illness, while Democrats called out his use of language and actions for insinuating racism and white nationalism. Several journalists, politicians, and presidential candidates, as well as U.S. citizens, have attributed President Trump's past speeches and tweets to be a significant influence of the El Paso violence. 
Trump has repeatedly insulted and discriminated against Latino, Hispanic immigrants and citizens over the course of his presidency and decades prior. One of the most well-known of Trump's remarks include his motives on building a wall on the America and Mexican border to keep, quote, Mexicans out and have Mexico fund the wall's creation. During his presidential campaign in 2015, Trump tweeted, quote, Mexico's court system corrupt. I want nothing to do with Mexico other than to build an impenetrable wall and stop them from ripping off the U.S. And, quote, I love the Mexican people, but Mexico is not our friend. They're killing us at the border and they're killing us on jobs and trade. Fight. It has been made clear that Trump has negative thoughts on Hispanics and Latinos and has indirectly shown citizens that it is okay to attack and discriminate against these minorities, as well as other ethnic and disadvantaged groups. The administrative agenda has also indirectly affected the recent ICE raid in Mississippi. Prior to the raid, the Trump administration had notified the public about multiple ICE raids that were to happen in major cities in early July. This included Los Angeles, San Francisco, Baltimore, Chicago, Houston, Denver, and Miami. There would be no reports of mass arrests until Wednesday, August 7th, when ICE conducted a secret raid at Kosh Foods and three poultry plants operated by Peco Foods in Morton, Mississippi. About 680 Hispanic immigrants were detained while President Trump was on his way to El Paso to visit victims from the mass shooting. Due to these events, fear is running high in immigrant communities across the country. The Washington Post reported on the recent raid where Tony McGee, superintendent of the Scout County School District, told the Post the district received word about the operation Wednesday afternoon. On Thursday, August 8th, he stated that 154 Hispanic students out of the total 4,300 students in the county stayed home from school out of fear. As a result of continued targeting of people of color over the last several years, many people in general are more afraid to leave their house than ever and go to common public areas such as concerts, grocery stores, libraries, and shopping malls because they're fearful that a shooting could occur and their lives may be taken simply because of the color of their skin or a racial stereotype. Although America is becoming more and more diverse as the years go by, white nationalism has also grown over the last several years. In 2015, the Southern Poverty Law Center documented 892 hate groups across the nation. In 2018, there were 1,015, a 14% increase in just three years. Prejudice and discrimination among Hispanics and Latinos is just as prevalent now as it was in the early 20th century. According to Pew Research Center data, overall, 4 in 10 Latinos say they have experienced discrimination in the past year, such as being criticized for speaking Spanish or being told to go back to their home country. And about a quarter of Latinos, or 24%, say someone has discriminated against them or treated them unfairly because of their background, while 22% say someone has criticized them for speaking Spanish in public. About 20% say they have been told to go back to their home country, and about 16% say they have been called offensive names. It's important for us to acknowledge this kind of racism because of the fact that there are many individuals and groups who feel that racism has gone down or decreased significantly since the early 1900s and centuries prior. Racism in some ways has decreased, but it is still very present in American society today as a result of the Make America Great Again campaign and Trump's past actions towards minorities. Now, those aren't the only causes, but they appear to be the main ones in reference to the shootings that have occurred over Trump's presidency. We as citizens and individuals who reside in the U.S. need to have these conversations with our friends and family. It's important for us not to push it aside or say things such as, I don't see color, because it's hiding from the truth. We all see our differences racially and socially economically. 
we should respect and honor how these minorities have struggled and risen from prejudice and discrimination from whites and others who feel superior to these groups. It may be hard to have those tough conversations with those individuals who may believe that their way is the right or only way of believing, but exposing those who may have been raised to believe racist stereotypes against Latinos, Hispanics, and all of the other ethnic groups to the reality that we are all humans and should have the right to freedom, opportunity, and not be treated as though they are less than. Supporting organizations such as the YWCA Stand Against Racism or the ACLU helps fight racial injustice and any prejudice as these organizations are helping to protect from racial injustice. Others working to abolish ICE are Rise and Resist, America Friends Service Committee, and Action Network. You can also contact your local representative or senator by conducting a search and visiting their respective website. You can also get involved by getting in touch with members of Congress using social media. This has been the first episode in It Takes a Tribe. Please follow or subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating and tell us how we're doing. Until next time, I'm Monica Levitian. And I'm Andrea Martinez. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Have a great day or night.